welcome to the Happy Startup School podcast. This is a podcast that explores the questions on how do we do good, make money, and be happy. My name is Carlos Saba, and I'm co-founder of the Happy Startup School. I'm on the lookout for people who see their work as a voyage of discovery that enriches their lives with new experiences, generates a deep sense of purpose, and puts food on the table. I'm looking for authentic stories, the ups and the downs that will inspire and encourage me to keep following my own passion and stay grounded. I'm exploring what's possible and what's happening now. What are the new types of business models, the new ways of gathering and the new ways or maybe old ways of being that we can learn from? This isn't a podcast about work-life balance, but about work-life blend, doing what aligns with who we really are. On this episode, um, you're probably going to hear my son come in looking for a ball because that was annoying, but I was talking to Nathan Getson and Ada Ketchy at the time, the founders of Northern Flickr, two of the most talented and creative people that I've ever met. Um, We first met in Costa Rica last year while Lawrence and I were talking at an event called Echo. Not only were they recording, producing, uh, and interviewing people to create video footage for the event, and we were blown away by their talent for music and won over by their genuine human warmth and positivity. Both Nathan and Ada have been on a voyage of exploration, pioneering and discovering basically how their needs and talents could be possibly applied, or positively applied, I should say, to the world and to other people so that they can find a way of building a life and a business that blend. They're going to be joining us this year at summer camp. I'm so excited to hear the two things they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing some healing with sound and taking people on the musical journey. And also they're going to be sharing their own music uh, on doing an acoustic set for us with some really amazing tunes that they're going to make you feel, well, they'll make you feel whatever you need to feel, as they say. So listen to this podcast, hear about um, what it's meant for them to spend two years exploring what Northern Flickr could be and what it meant for themselves and how they discovered what it was that they should be doing and what it means sometimes to let go of past beliefs uh, and plans that you have for yourself that may not really work anymore. So I hope you enjoy this conversation I have with Nathan and Ada and you get a taste and a feel for their energy, their passions and what they're going to bring to summer camp. I hope to see you there as well. And if you're listening listening to this after summer camp, I hope you enjoyed the sound healing. I'm uh, Nathan Getson and this is Adela Lillian Ketchy, beautiful name. And yes, tell us some more about um, what you do, where you're based. Give us a bit of a story about yourselves. Yeah, we're based in uh, Washington State in the United States. And we are um, filmmakers. Our story, our background is in filmmaking and storytelling. Um, And we have worked for the last couple of years primarily with uh, nonprofits and um, social do-gooders, if you will, Um, trying to make storytelling services available to organizations and companies that might not otherwise be able to afford those um, typically expensive services um, with the hopes that we can 
get on board with um, and and help the amazing work that these organizations are doing. Mm, attract more. I think the hope that we set off with was to sort of be able to show the brilliance that they are already doing. Um, and hopefully that that attracts more people to their work and their cause. And so that's kind of where we began with Northern Flickr and oddly the, or not oddly, but the name Northern Flickr comes from a bird from our area. That's a, a woodpecker. And when it, it looks sort of unassuming when you look at it on the ground, but then when it flies, it has this just bright orange, gorgeous neon feathers plumage underneath. And um, so for us, that was the metaphor that we sort of carried. We wanted to tap into that brilliance within ourselves, but also to show that for the people that we were um, collaborating with and working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hoping to help people, um, organizations to open their wings and um, take flight to kind of reveal, like Ada said, reveal their brilliance. And um, I think from a personal perspective, it, it's been it's been that experience exactly stepping out of, um, for me, a kind of nine to five job in commercial film um, and into kind of finding my own voice and kind of finding my own uh, creativity to create our own project and to explore what it is to do work that feels more um, soul feeding, uh, for us personally. Excellent. Thank you. So I'd like to explore that a bit more in a bit, but I want to kick off with a, uh, a bit of a left field question. Mm. So here we go. <laughs> You're 102 years old and you look at your past and you feel very proud of achieving what? Hmm. Carlos, <laughs> I hope I live to 102. Um, one little twist in our story is that the film work that, that we have been doing over the last couple of years, that the launch Northern Flickr is um, something that is kind of taking a backseat to a new endeavor. And we can get more into that um, a little bit later, but um, we're stepping into um, a doing music more full time. Um, and for me, what that really is a pursuit of is creating spaces where people can find healing in their life. Um, whether that's through our kind of singer songwriter stuff, where we sing about our experiences in life, about love, about connection, about relationships. Um, and also in both of us being yoga instructors, we've brought our love of sound, our love of vibration, our love of sharing our voices, um, into the yoga space to create sounds that, um, and experiences that guide people through mindfulness journeys. Um, and that's, that's really my passion right at the moment. And so when I think about myself as a 102 year old, I hope that I'm still able to share those kinds of things. Um, I hope that I'm still there, um, being able to do that work, being able to share, um, what I've learned in my life in a way that can bring uh, healing to those around me. And I hope that I've spent my life um, in a way that has enabled me to have that kind of um, opportunity to share those things across the years. Awesome. I think for me, I, 
like what comes up in the moment when you ask that question is something more broad, more fundamental. So knowing that I guess I could do any myriad of things in my life to be fulfilled. Um, but what came up for me was just that I hope the achie- the deepest achievement would be to be in a web of beautiful human connection with vibrant relationships and that my work can be a part of it. The way that I make a living can offer, can be a ground, a wellspring of connection and love and and expression and truth. So I think the the place where music is a part of our lives now and has been is that trying to have that courage to speak your truth and and allow that creativity that's in within all of us to to take its shape in the way that it will. Um, so I hope that it takes many shapes by the time I'm that old. Um, but I think that underneath it all, I just hope for the greatest achievement would be, you know, meeting more people like you and the communities that we're encountering that feel so life-giving and supportive and that that's going to be a very rich, happy life. I love both of those answers. I think both of them, I have beautiful pictures in my mind when you're talking about what that could look like. Mm. And I think the the journey to that, you know, it's an ongoing journey. And I'm, I'm, I'd be really interested in finding out more um, about the journey over the past two or so years where mm-hmm. you you started Northern Flick and you you mentioned it before about this mission to to help more positive organizations to tell their stories. So I'd like you to take us back to that that initiate initial point when they were like mm-hmm. you thought, okay, we're we're going to make this happen. What what sparked that off and what was the mindset at the time? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's there are always internal and external forces that are at play when change is beckoning. And I think for us, like I was going through a work transition and asking myself, okay, where do I want to pour myself into at the moment? And Nathan and I were also sweethearts. We're not just... Um, work co-workers, so to speak. So we were sort of at a place in our relationship where we're like, oh, we want to explore this relationship more. And then I think Nathan can speak to his place where he was at in his work, but he had been really like invested for many years, you know, five or so years in his film work and just was at a place where he was starting to ask himself, hmm, you know, what, what else is there for me? And we just sort of looked at aspects of our own desires um, and also our, our skills, the things that we could make happen together. It's sort of like, what could we make happen and what are we desiring? And at that point we were desiring more adventure. We, we hadn't, it travel is an important part of our lives to each of us. And we hadn't done that together. So there was this kind of like, if there was any point in life to do that now is sort of the time um, I had this web of relationships around the world of people that were doing amazing things. Nathan had this desire to really like pour himself into, how would you say? Uh, more meaningful work than just creating commercials. <laughs> yeah. More meaningful work. Um, and so that just got us brewing on, okay, well, what, what could that look like? What, what might that be? And Northern Flickr, 
came out of that, like, okay, we could experiment with the way that we could make this happen so that we can make this type of storytelling, this technical work accessible to people that, you know, sometimes have websites that look like they're from 1995 and it's like, oh, you're doing such good things, but people don't know, people can't see it. Like we, we just do that now, we judge in that way. So we knew we had something to offer. And then it just felt like this big kind of question mark, like, will it work? Will people want to receive what we have? Will we be able to uh, make it work financially? And that was that model of exchange that you mentioned, which was a little bit more unconventional in the sense that we weren't out, out to make money to say we're charging this much, but it was more like, okay, we need to be able to be in a place and eat food and um, be supported at, at a basic level. Um, and then it's a conversation around what, what resources are there and, and how we can make it happen. Right. So then, so we did that. We built a website and uh, we fundraised for um, aspects of our gear, which was, you know, an expensive as part to starting everything. And then we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We left and we ended up traveling just, literally all over the world and just meeting incredible people, fostering beautiful relationships and making videos that we're really proud of. Mm -hmm. And how did you discover these projects? What was the first step and where did you go first? Well, kind of like Ada said, um, she has an amazing web of um, acquaintances and deep friendships all around the world. And um, there's a lot of people that she knows that are already doing amazing work. And so our basic process was to um, choose an area that we would like to spend time or to choose um, a project that we were really inspired by and to get in touch with them and say like, Hey, this is something that that we're offering at the moment. And we think that you could really benefit from, um, from what we have to offer. Um, And is there a way that we can make this happen? Um, So it was kind of a lot of in, in some ways, it was a lot of cold calls. And then in other ways, once we arrived at a place, it, it would just kind of blossom. We would we would meet other people that were doing amazing things. We would kind of get connected in um, into a community, um, which is a really cool way to travel as well. You know, mm-hmm. it was a really rewarding way to, to spend time in a space, to meet a culture um, from kind of the inside where you get to work with these people um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and then... You know, that sometimes looked like um, doing everything for free and spending the money that we had made from another project um, to fly ourselves to a school in Guatemala that is doing incredible work with the youth, um, many of whom, you know, are would be on the streets for a lot of their day otherwise. Um, and just doing that completely for free. Um, and then other times it looked like working with a consultancy in Japan who had a lot of resources to offer, um, but still maybe not as much as it would cost them to do the project to pay someone in, in Tokyo um, to do it. And we got the opportunity to spend um, weeks at a time in Tokyo um, exploring the city. And that was beautiful, but also getting to know the culture and, and working with um with this organization that is doing incredible work um, and being really inspired by it. I think something that I learned 
from this stepping into entrepreneurship, which in a way, I, I, I don't know, at the beginning, I wasn't thinking like, oh, we are becoming entrepreneurs. Um, it's like discovering that a little bit. Um, but I think that something about doing this thing called entrepreneurship that I've realized is like, you're pulling at this thread. It's like you start pulling this thread and it, it unraveling seems negative, but it's like the next thing starts coming. It's sort of keeps going. Like you meet this one person and then they introduce you to this person. And then people reach out to you through this, or you see that and you want to go towards it. And, um, the next thing you know, you find yourself in South Africa and you're like, what are we doing here? Oh yeah. We made that choice like a week and a half ago. And, and now we're there that just, we did incredible project there with an organization, um, that was pairing CEOs of businesses with principals. And they were like really tackling a new way to improve education there just in a really innovative way. Um, and we felt very, very privileged to get to go and capture some of that, of that story. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, that thread unraveling. I, I like that image because um, sometimes you kind of are at the whim of life as it's coming at you. And I say sometimes you are, but that's really just the truth of all of life all the time. Um, but it, it really takes a lot of wherewithal. We learned that it took a lot more intention to actually sit down across from each other, especially also being lovers and um, co-workers to, to take the time to actually talk about what's feeling rewarding about the work that we're doing, mm. um, what's feeling challenging, how are our roles playing <laughs> out, um, are we satisfied in those roles, and really being honest with each other so that we can steer the ship somewhat um, uh, to towards something that's going to feel really life-giving and satisfying for both of us and not just exhausting <laughs> mm. and unto its own sake because yeah. we said we'd do it mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. i love that I, I feel i hear this story of just tapping into what you both needed something that was really important to you mm. and then following that need for yourselves linking it up with with something positive out there in the world and yeah. then the rest mm. was a very emergent process of following your gut. Yeah. And it's interesting because and we say this to people sometimes because in the sense of starting a business, while this model didn't bring us a lot of financial reward, it wasn't lucrative, we we would say like we built the most incredible portfolio that's just so beautiful and diverse and rich. And if we had been trying to start that business here at home in this way, charging normal fees and just knocking on any door, you know, it wouldn't look like that. It, so I think we really benefited in a way that we weren't anticipating hmm. to, to sort of say, okay, the, the, return, the return on investment isn't just financial at this point. It's about these relationships we're building. It's about the experiences we're having. And then we built this beautiful portfolio. Mm, yeah. I mean, and the reality about starting a business also is that you don't typically make that much money your first year anyway. Um, so it, I think, I think it was a win-win all around for us and it was sustainable enough that we were able to, um, recoup our costs and, um, and also 
have a kick-ass time along the way an amazing time it's uh, and it looks sounds not only sounds but also looks like you have these i've been looking at your website and reminiscing on some of the videos because <laughs> we, we, we met one of your the events that you were filming which was in costa rica hmm. but i think there's it's nice hearing your story because a lot of people who think about business, they, they start with a market need and they mm. see how they can create the business model to then just execute on and then grow from there. But from our experience at the Happy Startup School and talking to many people, the, the, the business and the product will evolve, but not only that, the people evolve as well. And what you need and what you think is the thing that you want to do can change. So if you're trapped mm. in a business model or trapped in a um, a plan, because that's this thing that you <laughs> said you were going to do, when in fact what you feel like doing has changed, and it sounds like you you definitely went through a process of checking in with, is this the roles? Are these the roles we want to follow? And these are the things we want to do. Um, mm. I'd like to. Mm. go into a bit of how that's evolved now over these past couple of years and and what's triggered that evolution how that's thinking changed i'll let nathan start with this because he's been on i think a very um deep personal journey on mm. yeah yeah and um, for me uh from a professional standpoint um like i said coming from doing commercial film i've really this whole process has been seeking something that feels more soul feeding for me, um, something that feels more true to the expression that I have. You know, if if this northern flicker is um, also a bird that like taps on trees, it's a it's the in, in Native American culture, it's the this this bird that represents um, communication um, and communication to me, like we've said a couple of times, is is about sharing our voice. And um, in this pursuit of finding my voice, I thought, well, I should just move my work in commercials to doing projects that I care about more. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Bring more purpose, bring more um, meaning, so to speak, into my workspace. And um, there's a huge, I've, I've gone, I've had a huge struggle with having my identity begin to wrap up um, in, to get tangled up in what it was that we were doing. Mm. Um and what that, what that, how that manifests in our relationship and how that manifests in our business was never healthy. <laughs> um, so Ada talks about how um, we needed to have the, the honesty to explore what it was that we were doing and to, to potentially change the roles that we're playing, um, to, to change our expectations about what it is that we're doing. Um, but for me, when, when we started and we said, we're going to do this and we're going to make this accessible for people, um, we're going to do the work for free, so to speak. Um, and we're going to charge as little as we can so that this organization can benefit the most from what we have to offer. Um, and I got really tied to that um, from a personal standpoint, thinking that I was, you know, we had to do this good in the world and I needed to um, be of good standing in that. And so I really wanted to like force that down the line. Um, even when there were opportunities for us to be more comfortable or to, um, have more, um, ease in our experience through potentially some more financial gain. I was really resistant to that, um, because I had this idea in my head of how it was going to go. Um, 
And so it's, it's, it's been a huge learning process and, and I would say a coming of age to loosen those grips on having you, my identity really tied into my work. Um, because when you have a nine to five, it's easy to just go, oh, well, this is somebody else's thing. And I just show up and I do my part and I go home. And it's a little bit, at least for me, it was easier to kind of keep those boundaries defined and to not get really wrapped up in it being my thing. But when we step into entrepreneurship and we start to find our voice, it's really tempting to want to grab onto that and to say, this is me, this is what I'm doing. It has to be this way. And to have, um, to end, to find yourself in these really rigid structures that don't allow for life to emerge the way that it emerges. And we stop listening to what's happening. And we just try to force the idea that we have in our head initially mm. uh, about how it should go. And I, I think just to bring up for, I'd like you to speak to this instead of me speaking to it for you, but um, even that notion, having the courage to be able to question is film what I want to do. Mm. I've been doing it. I'm good at it. This is maybe a belief. This is all I can do. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I said that to you. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I dropped out of a four year school to do this technical work. Um, so I don't have my bachelor's degree and I've said this to Ada multiple times in our relationship. Like this is it for me. Like this is the end. Like I, I'm not, I can't go back to school. You know, all of these limiting beliefs that I had about my career. And this is the, the skill set. I mean, it's uh, when I'm 60, I'm sure I'll look back and think how silly that was. Like you spent five years doing <laughs> film work and <laughs> you think that that's all that there is in your life. Um, but at the time I was, you know, I was really wrapped up in that story and it, it took a lot of um, real, you know, a lot of real honest inquiry on my part to say, you know, maybe this isn't really bringing me the life that I, you know, that I want. Maybe this is me trying out this expression and going like, I think that there's more that I have to share. There's, there's another, there's another expression that this could take. Um, and having the, the courage to, uh, be honest with myself about that and then to, to step into something new for us. That's been this, this kind of tiptoeing into <laughs> the music world. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that story. It, it makes me think, well, I'm reading your blog posts and you talk about mm. um, when you're looking at, I think you call it the incredible, the good and the difficult. And you mention being explorers and pioneers. And uh, there I hear exploring the world and, and, and try pioneering a new way of doing business. But it sounds like mm. it's also an internal exploration and pioneering mm. a new way of, of being. And so I'd be interested in, for people who are listening. It's, um, were there any moments, epiphanies may be a strong word, or people you met that just started to turn those, melt away maybe some of those limiting beliefs? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I think along the way we had a lot of voices um, and a lot of encouragement. Almost everywhere we went, um, we had, we would play our music because it's really important to us. It, it, we met Christmas caroling actually. And the first thing Ada said to me was she turned and said, nice harmonies. And of course my heart just melted and I was <laughs> sold right at that moment. But, <laughs> um, and you know, like our second date, we had a song swap where we each played our original music for each other. And so it's, it's been this really special foundation for us. And 
so needless to say, we shared that along the way, along our journeys, we would mm-hmm. find a guitar and we'd be with people that, um, we'd developed these beautiful relationships with, and we would want to share that with them and, um, even got offered a gig here or there, um, which was really fun. But we, we kind of had this resounding feedback almost everywhere we would go where people would be like, what are you doing with this whole film thing? Because there's something really beautiful and real and authentic about this musical expression. Um, and I'm not really answering your question um, because what people did was they gave us this other thing and we developed more limiting beliefs around <laughs> around it or it, it's, uh, but it, it did kind of help us loosen up the limiting beliefs that we had around music because both of us have, it's, it's been a huge part of our, um, a part of our lives since we were children. Um, but we've been afraid to step into that because we think, oh, you know, the music industry is too hard to get into. There's no way you can do it. There's so hard to make a livelihood. Touring sucks, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, so in a way we were like loosening up the limiting beliefs that we had about ourselves in film and kind of like taking on these new limiting beliefs that we had about music. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's this confluence of things happening. So uh, Nathan's speaking to the side where we would get this amazing feedback and encouragement. And there were a few times like along the way, along the journey, where we would just like get this surge of energy. Someone would reflect something back to us and we're like, yeah, we're going to start that YouTube page or why not just record this as we go? And we have the we have the equipment to record ourselves. Um, but then at the same time is that, that other journey is going on, which is questioning, uh, that internal journey, which is, I remember specifically we were on a project and it was so incredible. Like all the people we were meeting really different projects that from law, from food, from just, yeah, it was like mind blowing. And I remember feeling like, I feel like a tripod, Like, I don't want to feel like a tripod. I want to be with them. I want to be the one having the conversation, being the one making it happen. And actually to think back to our process, we didn't jump here to music at all. It's been this slow unpeeling, which is Nathan having the courage to say, I thought that doing this work for people doing awesome work in the world would be it. I'm not sure if that's it. And then, okay, we don't want to feel like tripods. Maybe we should start our own thing. And then, and that can be the thing. So we, we had ideas for projects around like, you know, in our country, there's a lot of division going on in people's way of relating to each other and, and people aren't listening to each other. So we had this very deep project about, are we listening? How can we foster spaces of listening? And that through taps film. through film and that taps into something that is interesting to us and meaningful. And, you know, we could be the ones driving it. So, uh, mm-hmm. and actually that's where we, we didn't meet you there, but fast forward, we meet in Costa Rica, you and Lawrence. And, um, and then you happen to be coming. This is all the synchronicity, all the beautiful magic that happens when you start stepping out and doing these things and, and then you happen to be coming to Oregon for your first U.S. altitude, and we happen to live very nearby. And so we come, and that was an amazing, amazing point along the way because, okay, rewind, we're at Echo in Costa Rica. They 
had us play music. We're having people that do music for their life really saying, hey, like, think about this. We think you can do it. I don't say that to just anyone. And we try to take that in. You're like, whew, come home. And we're at the point where like, we don't have another international trip. We've sort of reached the point in our evolution where we're, um, we know that we're in this financial model. Is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. We want to make more money with our happiness. Just like you're saying, I love your three aspects, the do good, the <laughs> be happy and make money. So we're kind of trying to hold all these learnings and, then we have the opportunity to go to altitude. And at that point, it was like, we are in such a state of confusion and just such openness. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. A a paralyzing sense of opportunity where where the sky is the limit. And we had all of this sense of creativity and passion to pour into something, but we weren't sure what that something was. Having built all of this, not wanting to leave it behind, it's like you don't want to just like spend two years building something and then knock it down. Um, but then also having this desire to not be in front of the computer all the time. Like, so, you know, when we came to Altitude, we were like, we are going to maybe start a kombucha company and we want to do this. And I'm going to build custom speakers with my little brother who's a woodworker. <laughs> yeah. And we're. <laughs> going to do this are we listening project and maybe travel across the country and ah and it was just really as far as the people we encountered i think that that was a really pivotal point for us um where we got to speak all of those things in our minds and on our hearts to people that were in similar a similar situation but different um and we had so much reflected back to us i think that that really helped us to see, you know, okay, what can you put together? You know, what, what are mutually enhancing, like what's driving you? What can you take from this Northern Flicker journey and how can it weave into your current desires? Um, that can look, maybe just start experimenting, like follow that curiosity. Um, and we left Altitude not knowing what it would be, um, having some people give us some really amazing ideas and reflect back to us like, there's this thread here, pretty much the spaces you're creating, what you're bringing to a group is this kind of like very healing, authentic energy thing. So we took that with us. We kind of created our own retreat later to really kind of unpick like this experience that we've been having over the past years. We just, we went away and and to a friend's yurt without any internet or anything and just kind of checked in with each other. Yeah. It was quite the experience. And, um, I don't think, you know, I think a lot of us, we forget to do that along the way, like to assess and reflect and look back, like, what did we do? Be able to celebrate that. And also to ask ourselves, what, what did we really like about what we did? What didn't we like? How could we change that? What are we hearing from sort of life, so to speak, from you, from these people that we are interacting with? And that's when music sort of popped up. We were like, here's the thing. We can start somewhere. We can take a step. And if we want to move into this more sort of like healing work, 
you know, music, something that we know and that we're hearing from people brings that quality to their life. So after all that long winded everything, that's, that was sort of the final moment where this little sprout came up and we were able to have the time and space to say, okay, but let's, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, what I'm, what I'm reflecting on as I listen to that story is that we have a, a multiplicity of things that we could do and a lot of talents that we could put ourselves into. And there is a lot of need in the world that could be met by us. You know, I could do all of those things um, really well. And I, and I have a deep belief in myself to be able to do that and, and a deep belief in Ada to be able to do that. Um, but for us, what it took to, to come to a place where we felt really at peace and really um, deeply um, in alignment with the work that we're doing was a real honest look at what is it that we want to do? You know, what, mm-hmm. what is it on this like broader life trajectory that, that has been resonating within us and, and wanting to be born, but we've been too afraid to give um, power to. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I, I love that this, the story of this journey of discovery um, and it nicely links to what you were talking about, Nathan, earlier when you are 102 years old and mm-hmm. uh, what, what you, you've achieved and what you've made happen. Uh, I personally experienced the healing power of your voices and the music you create, and it is truly wondrous and magical. And um, we're really grateful, Lawrence and I, to, to have you at summer camp to be able to share that, that, um, those skills and that kind of those feelings and that, that space. So, um, for those people who will be coming to summer camp and being able to meet you there, what what is it you'd like to offer them now that you're, yeah, you're on this other path? Well, I think that from my understanding, and I'm very excited to experience it. Um, summer camp is a lot of things happening at once. You know, people are intellect intellectually feeding you through speakers and their workshops, and there's just a lot of color and smells and goodness, you know, to experience. Um, I hope that we can create a space of um, two things, like a space for people to have their own inner journey um, and also to have a space of integration for everything that they're experiencing at summer camp. So we're going to be offering kind of two Two of our types of music, um, we, again, this is so great. I love it. Uh, we left Altitude and people there, they were just trying to like get us to let go of having to have it be like the thing all figured out, which for some reason we forget when we're, we're creating things, you know, it doesn't have to be all figured out. So people are joking with us and they're just like, just be, be nada, you know, put our names together and like, just be just put, say you're that, start putting out your music. And anyway, we left with that kind of joke lingering. And um, as it happened, it, that ends up being a word that represents in like the Indian metaphysical system literally means sound or vibration, wow. which is at the root of everything in life. And it's 
it is a medit- it is a path on the yogic path uh, where you use sound and vibration for for liberation for healing and so not awakes is is our expression for our more like meditative mindfulness style of music and so for that we're going to be offering a sound journey it's like a very immersive experience um where you lay down and close your eyes and we kind of take you on a ride <laughs> a musical ride um and we use tools like mantra and and many different types of instruments to facilitate that. And what we hear from people is it's such a personal a personal journey. The music, the feelings that are evoked are very personal to where people are at in their life. Yeah, music is just such a somatic experience. Um, it's physical waves, um, mm. and they really have the power. I think just even physically from a physical standpoint to, to affect us at a cellular level as it's like true waves hitting our true bodies. Um, but also from a, from a, uh, an emotional standpoint, sound has the ability and we all have experienced this. I'm sure that even with instrumental music, you can have emotions come up that you weren't really aware why they, why they're there. So it has this ability to kind of like subvert the mind in a sense and to get, underneath our kind of constant need to intellectualize everything and to understand it mm-hmm. um, and offers us a space where we can just be honest with the feelings that are there um, and, and let the sounds, let the vibrations kind of break up the emotional holdings on mm-hmm. that we have inside of us um, and, and have the opportunity to really just experience them and to, and to see them honestly and to, to look with curiosity at, at what it is and what this, this space is um, within us this emotional space. Yeah. Well. So not awakes is like, we hope to awaken something in you through that offering. And then also we our other sort of musical incarnation is called she wakes and the wakes being the little thing that links our two things together. And that is just going to be a really yummy acoustic sound session where we sing songs about life and it'll just be cozy and feel feel intimate and and cozy and nice and for people to mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh yes we don't know that space is always just sort of whatever whatever emerges emerges um but it's at its fundament like the power of of music and getting back to when we just shared music from our heart and um that's why we love it. Storytelling. No, yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. And I liked Nathan when you were touching on, or was it you, Ada, about the we we people tend to intellectualize too much and try to rationalize mm. what's going mm. on in our experience. We tell people what to do about their businesses, but they probably don't do them because they haven't really analyzed what it is that's really motivating. What's the underlying feelings mm. that are connected to that? And so mm-hmm. to have you both there to help people integrate and, and also inspect curiously what comes up for them during this weekend, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's going to be really, really powerful and useful for, for everyone. Um, and I'm really grateful and looking forward to giving you both a massive hug. Yes, yes. us too. We're so excited. And we're very grateful that we can... Uh, you know, the world is not so big that we can just hop the pond and come meet all of you incredible people. We know that that for us, we're like, yes, we're so excited to, to get to be in it and to be 
meeting all the incredible people that we know. We just, who knows? Again, it's that thread. We don't know what's going to come from summer camp, but we just know that something amazing will come. And I'm so glad to be going to an event and not filming it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually experimenting, experiencing all of the the wonderful things we're going on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. We're just going to have to resend that one. (laughs) No, that's that's great. I thank you very much, both of you, for taking the time Mm -hmm. to share your stories. Um, Thank you. If if people would like to find out more about your music and also more about your story, would you like to tell them how, how they can find you online? Yeah. Um, so we are uh, at notawakes.com, which is N-A-D-A-W-A-K-E-S.com. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram, new to Instagram. Hey, um, but we have a website there. You can check it out. Um, Shewakes.com is she s h e dash wakes.com and that just kind of is a holding place right now it's got some samples of our music and um ada's wonderful music that she's done in the past as well yeah so we're just we're in a place of needing to record those things and then northern flicker our northern flicker work and you can find videos that we've made of just amazing people around the world uh, on vimeo or also on our website which is um, northernflicker.org or northflicker.com. Thank you for joining me in this conversation with Nathan and Ada, the co-founders of Northern Flicker. You've been listening to the Happy Startup School podcast, a podcast that looks at how we can combine what we need and what the world needs to create viable and successful businesses. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. And join me on this journey to answer the question, what does it take to do good, make money, and be happy? So today I'm joined by Nathan and Ada, and I will now uh, get interrupted by my son as he walks through the room. Gabriel! I'm recording a podcast. I told you not to come in here. I'm sorry, we're trying to pause. <laughs> no, no. All right, could you go and give it out that way? Yeah, I'm just going to get apparently another ball. There's another ball over there. Over there? No, just do it. Carry on. Carry, carry, make, make your move. Excellent. <laughs> this is going to be in the outtakes. And now you've ruined that door. <laughs> could you knock next time? Daddy. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podientproductions.com.